the Public News Service Daily Newscast, January the 5th, 2023. I'm Mike Clifford. Lawmakers in Minnesota are back at work for a new session, but certain changes approved last year are now being implemented, including efforts to ensure that new mothers get the health care that they need. Last Sunday, a new law expanded postnatal care by requiring public and private health plans to cover a series of care visits for up to 12 weeks after a baby is delivered. Two of those visits would have to involve comprehensive care. Representative Ruth Richardson is the bill's sponsor and hopes it addresses the maternal mortality crisis. What we know about these deaths is that 80% of them are preventable. And so this is a step in the right direction to ensure that when people are in need of support that they can get it. The U.S. has the highest maternal mortality rate among developed countries. In states such as Minnesota, the rates are higher for women of color. A recent state health department report noted that black Minnesotans represent 13% of the birthing population, but make up 23% of pregnancy-associated deaths. These disparities also exist within the infant mortality rate. I'm Mike Moen. Minnesota last year joined the list of states that extended postpartum coverage for 12 months to those enrolled in Medicaid or the Children's Health Insurance Program. Some Colorado school districts are on the fence when it comes to providing free school meals. Eric Gladys has more. A new law going into effect this year provides money and other support to help Colorado school districts provide free meals to all students regardless of their ability to pay. But not all of Colorado's districts have committed to participating in the program, which is projected to help at least 60,000 Colorado kids from low-income families access school meals. Erica Cervantes with Hunger Free Colorado says when kids have healthy, nutritious food, they're more likely to succeed in school and later as adults. For some kids, this is the only meal that they have all day. And we know that kids can't learn if they're hungry. This initiative is really working to make sure that all kids across the state are fed. Cervantes is working to get the word out in on-the-fence communities about the program's benefits and ways for parents to get involved, including contacting local superintendents and other decision makers. Money for the program is generated by reducing tax deductions for Coloradans who make $300,000 a year or more. And for the New York Times, the new 118th Congress adjourned for a second day without a speaker. That after Representative-elect Kevin McCarthy, the Republican of California, failed to tame a rebellion among the far right in his party and lost a sixth consecutive vote for speaker. The House, which is deadlocked and leaderless, scheduled to return at noon today. This is Public News Service. Open enrollment for health insurance through the Affordable Care Act is already underway and it ends on the 15th of this month. More than 600,000 Tennesseans, including almost one-third of the state's Latino residents, don't have health insurance, according to the Kaiser Family Foundation. Jeanette Contreras with the group Unidos U.S. says more than 5 million Latinos nationwide are eligible for no-cost coverage through programs like Medicaid and ACA. She adds the Inflation Reduction Act expanded eligibility for financial help for those who purchase health insurance in the marketplace. With the expanded premium assistance, Latinos make up around one-third of uninsured people who now qualify for zero premium coverage. It expanded the income requirements to allow more working families to qualify for the tax subsidy, which lowers the amount they pay toward their health plan. For Public News Service, I'm Danielle Smith. And as the Connecticut General Assembly session begins 
AARP Connecticut is eager to dive into certain issues. Some issues it wants to focus on this year include retirement income, nursing homes, long-term care, and making utilities more affordable. Prescription drug prices are going to be a particular focal point for the group as well. According to a 2022 report from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, more than 1,200 products saw price increases exceeding the rate of inflation of 8.5%. The study finds price increases for drugs were 31.6%. AARP Connecticut State Director Nora Duncan describes what could keep prescription drug prices in check in the state. A prescription drug affordability board is an independent body established by the state that would evaluate drug prices and set upper limits on how much certain payers, including state agencies, would pay for high-cost prescription medication. Currently, six states have prescription drug affordability boards. While Duncan notes this isn't the only solution to this problem, it might be the best option to start the conversation. She hopes this will branch into examining other options for Connecticut residents. I'm Edwin J. Vieira. Finally, our Eric Tadoff lets us know a bill in Olympia aims to reduce packaging and improve recycling in Washington State. The Washington Recycling and Packaging, or WRAP Act, is designed to cut down on unnecessary packaging, which often is plastic, used only once, and hard to recycle. One part of the legislation will create a producer responsibility system, which requires companies to be responsible for packaging at the end of its life. Mazzy Nowicki is a University of Washington student and the Beyond Plastics coordinator for Washburg students. Recycling in general is really expensive and ends up as a burden on consumers, local governments, taxpayers, whereas that cost should be put on producers instead. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service. Member Endless is supported. Heard on radio stations big and small. Your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.